Want to be more confident when having business conversations? Join the Small Talk Made Simple class. In this free email course, you'll learn how to exude confidence when talking to anyone and when explaining what you do. Sign up now at thecmethod.com. Welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Cantors, your host and founder of The C Method Communication Skills Training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Well, hello there, Rockstar. Welcome to episode 100 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. Celebrate good times, come on. That's right, it's a celebration. Episode 100. I'm pretty proud. <laughs> now, this is a very special episode. I'm bringing my sister, Lizzie Cantors, on to join me. And we're going to be talking about what it's like to get to episode 100 of something or even just to, cre- to create 100 of something because Lizzie also had, well, she had a YouTube show where she made a video a day for 98 days in a row and she made more videos after that. So she also knows what it's like to have to stick to something. And I thought it was an interesting topic to address considering that it is quite a milestone to get to 100. So we talk about the importance of sticking to something and what and what we've both learned along the way, as well as what I wish I would have done differently and my tips for creating a successful podcast. And I also have two really important announcements. Well, one's more of an announcement and then the other one's a piece of news. And I can reveal that it is to do with the Toastmasters competition that I took part in yesterday as I record this. So it was this week that it happened. I have news about that, I have an important announcement, and I also have a shout-out and a very special song for Jing, who I met at the Toastmasters competition. So stay tuned right till the end for that. In the meantime, let's get to this chat that I had with my beautiful sister, Lise Cantors. Hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to episode 100 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. It's Lizzie Cantors with you here. Uh, today we're talking about lessons that we all learned and Christina's learned from this podcast. And she's actually sitting with me right here. <laughs> hey, Christina, I how's am. it going? I'm doing really well, thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. No problem. I knew I kind of threw you in the deep end. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good challenge for you. <laughs> yes, it is. So today we'll be talking about lessons learned from the podcast. Why this topic, Chris? I thought it was important to talk about sticking to something and creating something for 100 episodes because it's not something that everybody can do. I mean, with my first podcast, I got up to 39 episodes and I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to stop. So for me to start from scratch and then get to 100, it's something that I'm quite proud of. And I've had people say to me, wow, you've got to 100 episodes. That's amazing. Can you share with us what you've learned along the way and um, what you would have done differently? How, how have you grown? All those sorts of things. So I thought it would be cool to talk about that. And I really wanted you to join me on the show because you've had your own experience with creating content, at, it, videos especially, where you, you got up to, you've done over 100 videos. And I got up posting. to like 98 episodes. Shh, shh, we'll just say it's 100. <laughs> And then I kept going. Mm. So you've definitely made over you made over a hundred videos in a row. Mm, every this was day. every single day. Yeah, we'll talk about that a bit later. But 
yeah, I think it, it is important to to take a moment and to reflect and go, wow, what has it taken to get to 100 episodes, which is what I'd like to talk about today. Can we go back to um, what you said about your first podcast? That was a communication, a presentation mm. skills for design students? Yes, that was specifically for design students. Yeah. Why was it at episode 39 mm. do you decide to that you didn't want to do it anymore? I was becoming a bit disillusioned, I suppose, with that particular audience. I wasn't super enthusiastic anymore about it. And one of the things that I realised was I I was giving a talk uh, at the New York Institute of Technology to some architecture students there, and I was asking them about their presentations. I was saying, so um, how do you feel about your presentations? Do you like doing them? And one of them said, well, I've done enough to pass, so the presentation doesn't really matter anyway. And when he said that, it was like this light bulb went off in my head and I realised they don't care about presentation skills. They just don't. And I thought, I really want to help people who want to be helped. Like I want to work with people who really want to improve themselves. And students just don't have that burning desire because, frankly, they don't, they don't need it. They're being graded on their work. They're not being graded on the presentation. So when I reached that point, I wasn't feeling it anymore and I thought I need to do something different. So I just stopped. I stopped for a few months. Did you feel like, I failed? Mm, I wouldn't say that I failed because I didn't want to continue. You know, it's not like I really wanted to do it but I was just being slack and I didn't do it. I, I reached a point where I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. It's time to change. It's time for a pivot. And I didn't know exactly what that pivot was going to be, but I was comfortable in myself to just say, okay, that ran its course. You know, when I started it, that's all I knew at the time. And it's come to the point where I feel like it's done. And I'm like, I grew. I felt like I grew out of it. I had, I felt like I had so much more to give to people outside of that student demographic. You know, I was meeting with business owners and entrepreneurs and and professionals and people who weren't students and I found that they really loved what I had to offer. And I thought, you know, I want to work with these people, these people who see the value in me and they've got a bit more money to spend as well. These people who see the value, I want to work with them, not with people who don't give a shit. So I didn't consider it a fail, no. Did you learn any lessons from that first podcast that um, helped you with the C method? No, sorry, stand out, get noticed. Mm. Oh, lots of lessons. I learned that technically the setup for podcasting is a lot more simple than you first think. When I first started, I had a full mixing desk with all these cords and cables and an iPad and microphones and, and I took all of it with me overseas to New York. <laughs> And then I realized that um, all you really need is a microphone. You can plug it straight into your laptop. So I, I, I went over the top in my first podcast. So that was from a technical standpoint. I also learned that you really need to launch properly. With my first podcast, I was taught you should start with, say, three podcasts, have them or maybe even 10 podcasts in the bag. And then when you launch, you launch with three podcasts. And then after that, you release, say, two podcasts a week, because then that will increase the number of downloads. And then that will mean that you are more 
likely to be seen to be seen in new and noteworthy in iTunes because you have like six weeks in new and noteworthy. Um, but when I was doing my first podcast, it was so hard to do episode one. I thought, you know what? If I wait until I have three or five or ten episodes, I'm never going to release this podcast. So I I released the podcast with one episode, and I think that stopped it from getting more visibility. So when I did Stand Out Get Noticed, I made sure that I launched with three and I did a bunch of episodes in that first eight weeks and that gave me a really good start to the launch. So it gave me a lot more downloads and definitely, yeah, definitely kick-started the release of that podcast. I just want to ask a question that's relevant to me. Um, sure. Yeah, so <laughs> what's in it for Liz A? Yeah, what's yeah. in it for me? Did you have a break? between your first and second podcast where you didn't do anything for a while because like I haven't made a lot of videos for a while and I'm I'm starting to get back into it now and I haven't made that first one yet and I'm like oh I get so nervous like how could I have done it so many times before and it just seems so easy just to get in front of the camera and talk about whatever and now after having like a year off it or two years off it I'm finding it really challenging to, to like find the confidence to get back into it. Mm. So did you have a break and did you have any, um, I know you're a really confident person anyways, but did you have any <laughs> like feelings of like, like doubts, doubts about it not being as good as your first one? Mm. I definitely had a break because I didn't know what I was doing. So I think I stopped the first podcast in October, around October. I remember I was in Thailand and I just had this epiphany. I don't want to do this anymore. And it took from October until March to launch the new podcast. And I spent quite a bit of time trying to figure out what my thing was and what my new brand was going to be. And I didn't come up with the C method until maybe January because until that point I was I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do and who I wanted to work with. In terms of getting behind the mic again, I think it wasn't – I hadn't left it that long to get really out of practice and I think if you're feeling a bit nervous about getting back in front of the camera, how long has it been since your last video? It was like 2000, start of 2015. So that's a good two years ago since – good two years since you've done your last video. So I think it's a case of being out of practice. Can we actually, can we backtrack a bit? Can you share what your YouTube show was? So my YouTube channel was called Snow Rise, the Falls Creek morning show. And what it was, was I would wake up early in the morning at Falls Creek, the mountain alpine resort. Yeah, in it's Victoria. a ski, ski resort here ski in resort. Australia. Yeah. And I would line up and catch the very first chairlift of the day and I would whip out my GoPro and I would say, good morning and welcome to <laughs> Snowrise, the Falls Creek morning show with Lizzie Cantors. And then I would just start talking to the people sitting next to me on the chairlift and they would get a bit of a shock and but would have like a really fun like conversation and then I'd film snowboarding myself and them snowboarding after it and then after that I'd go back home and I'd make a little video and I'd upload it. Yeah, and I did that every single day for about four months. Every single day. Yep. That's insane. No fail. Even when I had to work, I would still make a video. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Wind hold days. <laughs> I would 
walk up the mountain and ride down. Yeah, so it was every fun. day, every day for four months. Do you feel that that, like, how did you feel with your confidence building with with that skill over that four months? Oh, it just grew so quickly. At the beginning, it was terrifying. Like, I couldn't look at the camera. I couldn't talk to anyone. I was nervous and shaking. And um, when I when I went to when I made the video, it looked crap. And I went to upload it and thought. This is like no one is going to want to watch this, but I finally pressed the upload button and no one did watch it and <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I didn't die. And the next day I just did the same thing and you can tell like when you watch it that I slowly start to say one word and two words and or I'll smile and look at the camera and, yeah, by the end of it I could just speak normally, just whatever I was thinking. I could talk to anyone Wow. Yeah. So, I even uh, talked on, I think, Channel 9 News, like only a f- no, it was like episode five. I got on the TV to talk about just the snow or whatever. And I think before that, I wouldn't have had any confidence. But just from being in front of the camera just five times, I felt like I was able to do it on a lot larger scale. Mm. So how long did you feel it took you to get comfortable in front of the camera? maybe three, four episodes, I was getting a little bit more confident. So you so you only did it three or four times and you started to build your confidence? Yeah, each, each video it just got better and better, mm. yeah. And what was the main mindset shift that you made in order to grow your confidence, if there was one? Yeah, every day when I uploaded it I went through this mental – like argument in my head going, people are going to think this is crap. <laughs> and then I had some, something, some other part of my, in my brain saying, um, you don't care what anyone else thinks or I don't care what anyone else thinks. And once I said that to myself, it was easy because I was just like, oh, I don't care what anyone thinks. And I uploaded it. So knowing that, knowing that that attitude helped you yeah. back then, now when you go to make new videos, what sort of attitude are you going to adopt? Well, I thought about this actually and I think if I don't care what anyone else thinks, like the videos now that, I'm, that I want to upload are going to be more about business and helping people and I can't, I don't know, maybe I do want to be seen as a good person or someone that's, making something good instead of not caring about what anyone thinks like before. Mm. Because it's more in a business context rather than a personal context. Yeah. Like do we have to be professional or can I just be myself and not care what anyone thinks, which is how I am usually. But do you think it's possible to be yourself and still come across as professional? (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to work on that. (laughs) Well, look, when I started with the Stand Out Get Noticed podcast and I was playing ukulele on it, I didn't think that that was very professional either. And at the very start, I thought that I had to be really slick and polished and because that's what professionals are like and that's who other professionals hire, right? And I actually really struggled with that 
like I struggled with this thought of I've got to be this really sleek, polished individual. And that's when I did the um, how to fascinate test, which I showed you the other day by Sally Hogshead. And I learned that it's actually okay. And in fact, it's advantageous if you communicate um, in the way that other people see you at your best. I know that's a little bit confusing, but essentially it's if the way that you naturally communicate, whether that's professional, whether that's kind of fun, whether it's quirky, whether it's whatever, if you if that's how people see you at your best, then that's how you need to communicate in order to be successful. And for me, the words that came up were artistic, bold and unorthodox. And that actually lifted a weight off my shoulders because I realised that, hang on, I don't have to pretend to be someone else. I can actually, I will be more successful if I let these personality traits loose. Mm-hmm. So did you do that test? I did ages ago. Well, do you remember what ago. your words were? Uh, I can only remember one and that was mysterious. Mm. So maybe mysterious. I could play on that a bit. you like mystique. Yeah. you like the enchantress. You wish you knew. <laughs> <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, look, if I tried to be mystique, I don't think it would work very well. But if You're you try to be mysterious, <laughs> I'm not that mysterious. It's all out there. It's all out there. So from um, from my lessons, I think when you go to make these new videos for your business, as long as you focus on being that authentic self, and that's the part where it's I don't care what people think. So I don't care what people think of me as a person, but then you also focus on how can I serve my audience? How can I make this the most useful, interesting, uh, valuable video for my audience, which is the way that I approach the podcast? So what did you, what do you feel like you could have done differently? With the Stand Out Get Noticed podcast? Yep. Coming up to episode, well, being at episode 100. Yeah, being at 100. I'm a very, I'm a bit of a no regrets person. So there's nothing that I'm like, oh no, I wish I did that or whatever. Did you ever like look back on episodes and kind of cringe at how you used to be? Like, have you seen the difference between how you speak? Like, mm. even back at um, when you were doing, presentation skills for design students. My first podcast. Yeah. Oh, I used to be so stilted when I spoke. And it's stilted. I, stilted's like where I have a gap in between each word and I was a bit robotic and I had to script everything. Like I had to write it out word for word. Luckily I can write the way that I speak but I would still read it out and like I couldn't trust myself to – go ad lib because it would I would just ramble and then I'd have to edit it all out. So I've definitely become more confident in being more smooth with my delivery. That's definitely one thing that, yeah, I look back and go, oh, I sound so stilted. And also my mic technique as well. In the early days I'd speak up really close like this and I'd be like really breathing heavily, but now I'm a bit better with that. And that all comes from experience and listening back to your show. So do you script your episodes now, like the solo episodes where you do them just on your own? Do you script those? I script out the first introduction bit 
because I want that to be really punchy and attention grabbing and make sure that there's no ramble there. But for the main points, I'll dot them out. And I work to a template now, which, oh, that's something that I wish I'd done differently. I wish I'd created a template for myself at the very beginning because every single week I was rewriting the format of the podcast every time. And then I, last year I created a template for myself where it's, okay, here's the introduction. Am I giving any shout outs? Am I giving, am I promoting anything this week? And then like, what's the the why behind this episode? What are the results? We didn't actually use the template for this episode, but for every other episode I've used that template. And that's definitely helped me um, formulate formulate my, my podcast and not ramble on and, and lose focus. All right. So uh, how do you come up with new ideas for podcasts? Do you ever feel like there's like topics are running out. This question's a good indication of whether you should be podcasting on that particular topic. Because if you, because I know, I mean, um, Aaron and I have set up this podcast set up business for for companies, and so now we're talking with people who want to create their own podcasts. And I ask them, can you come up with twenty topics off the top of your head right now that you would want to podcast about? And I felt the same way, like with communication and confidence, there are so many things that I can talk about, which is why I love podcasting about it. But I find my inspiration through my own experiences. So if I've gone out and done something that scared me, you know, a comfort challenge, I'll podcast about that. And I'll also podcast about questions that my coaching clients ask me. So for example, I did an episode that was all about authority, how to speak with authority. And that came out um, from a question that a client of mine had. She really wanted to learn how to speak with authority. So then that tells me, well, if she wants to learn how to do this, surely there's other people just like her. If she's my ideal client, there must be other people who want to speak like her, uh, speak with authority too. So, you know, when you're, are you starting a podcast, Jose? We're, we're discussing it. You're discussing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, with your videos anyway, because I know you're making videos for your new business, mm-hmm. which is a a, a, pe- a personal training business, everyone, yep. just, by the way. Fearless Movement Co. Yep. Give it a shout out. Yeah. My partner, Bowie, and I are starting an online fitness training business called Fearless Movement Collective, and it's for the LGBTIQ community. Yep. What does LGBTIQ stand for? It stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual. There's a lot of letters there. Trans, trans, <laughs> transsexual, intersex, and Q for queer or questioning. Right. And we also do allies, so all friends. Excellent. Yeah. So you're gonna if you're gonna be doing videos and podcasts for this business, think about questions that you get that your clients who you're training. Think about questions that they ask, what are the problems that they have, and those can all become ideas for podcasts or videos as well because those, I mean, those are, that's low-hanging fruit. It's so easy to, to come up with ideas from those questions because you know that people want to hear that. Do you get excited about any particular topics about communication and presentations or do you just like the entire field? I've found that I've been getting more excited about the whole confidence, comfort challenge mindset side of communication because I feel like there's so many resources out there about public speaking 
they're quite easy to access, but there's less so around that mindset side of it. So personally, that does interest me more. And that's probably why I haven't been doing a lot of public speaking specific podcasts recently. And then, and then, but then I was getting asked a lot by people to, to do them, which is why I've launched this public speaking mini course, which was the last two episodes, 98, 99, and they'll be coming up in episodes 101 and 102. And I'm releasing a brand new public speaking training, which I am excited about. Again, that, that, that training that I'm doing actually focuses on the confidence side of it. So, um, I've, I've given people resources on writing the presentation, planning the presentation, you know, all that technical stuff. But the training that I'm launching is actually more around that whole confidence and mindset side of it. And, and it includes body language, like using, using your body to help you, um, be more confident too. But that's definitely something that I am more interested in. And the whole idea of presence, like, how do you have, how do you have presence when you walk into a room? So communicating who you are and what you stand for simply by mm. being. Be like Tony Robbins. Yeah, well, you don't have to be like Tony Robbins. <laughs> be big. <laughs> Screaming your lungs. He's six foot seven. Just turn into a big man. Yeah, big man. Who yells. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of tall people try to hide. Oh. Because, you know, a lot of people, you see them and they hunch down. Yeah, they, they're trying to be on the same level they, as yeah, everyone else. Yeah, they're, they're trying not to stand out. Yeah, they're trying to not stand out. If you were tall, you'd be like, "Yeah, I'm tall." <laughs> <laughs> or else, a lot of the a lot of the smallest people are often the loudest. And um, what? Like you? Why are you looking at me? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're compensating for something. No, look, I I I love how confidence and and communication, how you communicate yourself through your actions and through the way you hold yourself I think it's so powerful because we do it all the time and being able to teach people to realize that they are in control of how they think and how they can communicate themselves and simply walking into a room and making a difference is is huge and I and I love that I really do something that I've noticed recently is I've started becoming more aware of how I feel and I'm starting to notice body language and facial expressions and that's affecting my feelings more than what's actually said. Like I'm communicating, um, I'm, I'm seeing and, and yeah, I'm seeing more than I'm hearing. Do you have a specific example of that? What's <sighs> happened recently? <laughs> well, I guess it happens a lot with my partner, Bo. Mm. Bo has lots of facial expressions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she does. Yeah. And so they'll make a facial expression and I'll take that as if, as if they've said something and I'll just be like, what? Or what does that mean? Mm. Yeah. Or I'll just feel like, oh, maybe I should have done this or I don't know. So beforehand, when you were less aware of facial expressions and nonverbal communication, how would you have reacted differently? Not reacted at all. So you would have ignored those nonverbal yeah. signs. Okay. I used to ignore all of that like it didn't mean anything and I also didn't express myself very um, nonverbally as well. I don't think. I probably did but um, not as much as I do now. And I would always be saying, but you said this, but you said that. And mm. then people would be like, oh, no, but – you know, That's it was what I the meant. tone. It, <laughs> it's not what I meant. <laughs> but now it's just like, no, but you said it in this kind of way mm. is more what I'm saying now or you said it 
while you were like looking like that. Yeah, so it is really important. Okay, so we should probably start to wrap up. I've just got one more question for you. What are your top three tips for creating a successful podcast? Ooh, top three tips. Okay. First, okay, first you have to really care about your topic. So I touched on this before. You really have to care about your topic. So don't just start a podcast because it's like, oh, there's a gap in the market or, or, or because, oh, it's part of my business, so I'm just going to do it. You really need to care about what you're podcasting about. Otherwise, you're not going to make it very far, let alone to episode 100. And you also have to care about your audience as well. You have to really, really care about them. And, you know, I mentioned at the start, when I stopped caring about architecture students, <laughs> I found it really hard to be motivated. To not, not that I – okay, not that I don't care about architecture students, but I couldn't – I found out that they didn't see the value. So it was hard for me to care about them and put all this effort in when I knew they weren't open to receiving it. So I'm going to get hate mail now. Yeah. Sorry, any architecture <laughs> students out there. I still love you and thank you for listening to the show. <laughs> I only love you if you listen to the show. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, tip number two, I would say do what's authentic to you. And this is this is stuff, I love this, this is stuff that we've talked about. Do what's authentic. So many people try to be a certain way or be this, you know, they have this image of what a podcaster or someone or a professional slick polished person should be and they try to be that person. And when you're inauthentic, it's really difficult for your audience to connect with you because podcasting is a really, it's quite an intimate medium. Like when people have got your your voice in their ears and people can tell when you're not being authentic and when when you're like that, people will tune out. They won't want to listen anymore because ultimately they want that human connection. They want to hear those stories from someone they trust and someone they can relate to and that will only happen if you're really authentic to who you are. And you can really tell when someone's reading off a script and when someone's speaking from the heart. Mm. or from personal experience. So that's my second tip. And my third tip, I would say if you're feeling like you're lacking inspiration for stuff, listen to other content. So, you know, watch other YouTube videos, watch how they do it, listen to other podcasts and pick out what you like. This is what I did at the start, actually. I would listen to tons of podcasts and I'd go, okay, I like how they did that intro. I don't like how they did this, but I really love this bit. And I would take bits from different podcasts and then make it my own. Because at the start, that's all you can really do is copy other people. But you copy the bits that you like and then you put your own spin on it. And then over time, um, I have evolved, my podcast has evolved where I've realized, okay, I don't like that so much anymore. For example, my intro, I've shortened it right down. It used to be longer. But now I'm like, "Mm, people don't want to listen to a long intro. I'm going to get rid of that. So, you know, it's okay to evolve as you go. So that would be my tip three. Yeah, listen to other podcasts for inspiration if you're ever feeling like you're you're lacking creativity. Awesome. Well, thanks for that, Chris. Oh, thank you. This was fun. Yeah, this was a really good podcast. I really liked it. Um, I look forward to hearing your podcast or seeing your video show when you launch your new one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Hey, uh, where can people go to learn more about you and Fearless Movement Co. just while we're here? Well, the website isn't fully up yet, 
but it's fearlessmovementco.com. Are you on Facebook? We are. Yeah, we are on f- Facebook. It's, so it's Fearless, Fearless Movement Co. on Facebook? Fearless Movement Collective. Collective. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll put links to that in the show notes anyway for you. So, And and you do online training, so it's people from anywhere can, yep. can sign up. Is that All right? All over the world. Anywhere. As long as you are LGBTIQ. <laughs> or friends. And friends. <laughs> yeah. So if you Just, are- Just we want to support our community. Mm, we think yeah. there's a lot, lot out there for- everyone else and we just really want to um give provide our services to our community because they're the people we, we really care about love it Massive thanks to my sister Lizay Cantors for joining me for episode 100 and asking me some very insightful questions there we didn't actually script that episode at all that was pretty much all off the cuff. So I think she did a great job. So thank you very much, Lizay. And I'll put links to how you can get in touch with her. If you are interested in personal training and you are from the LGBTIQ, uh, I hope I got that right, community, I'll put that in the show notes, which will be at thecmethod.com slash 100. That's the digits one zero zero. Okay. I did promise you some exciting news. Now, on the weekend just gone, I competed in the Toastmasters Division Contest. So uh, you may recall that I won the club contest and then that took me to the next level and then I won that level and then that took me to the level I just competed at. And there were seven of us competing and all of the people giving these speeches were amazing. The standard was so high. And I went up and presented my original icebreaker speech, which was my speech about busking, my busking experience. And if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you would know all about that. That was a big comfort challenge for me. And I got up there and I did the best that I could do. And drum roll, I came second. (laughs) Yay. I mean, second out of seven, pretty damn good. And the woman who won, she was absolutely phenomenal. And I did have a judge come up to me at the end and she congratulated me and I asked her, hey, what could I have done better to improve? And she said, to be honest, you couldn't have done anything better. You, you were pretty much flawless. And she goes, and between you and me, you should have won. So, hey, there we go. Now, the winner of that contest actually gets to compete at the next level up at the annual conference, which is happening here in Melbourne. Now, the good news is that I had applied to speak at at the conference to present a workshop, and I had been informed that I'd been selected, which was amazing, except they told me that you can't compete and run a workshop. And I thought, well, If I compete and I win, then I can compete, which is great, go to the next level. And if I don't win, then I can still run the workshop. So as it turns out, I still get to go to this conference and I still get to speak. So I'm quite excited about that. So if you are interested in coming along to the annual Toastmasters convention, if you're in Melbourne, then please do come along and I'll put a link to that that event in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash 100. So that's my exciting news. And while I'm talking about Toastmasters, 
I met a lovely lady called Jing. She introduced herself to me as, it's Jing as in the first part of Jingle Bells, which I thought was very clever. And she saw me speak and she came up and we had a chat and she said that she loved the sound of my podcast and that she'd love to listen. And I asked her what song she likes because maybe I'll sing a song for her on the show. And she said, can you do Call Me Maybe? And I said, yes. (laughs) So... Jing, it was a pleasure to meet you and I hope you're listening to this now and I hope you enjoy this song. I threw a wish in the well, don't ask me, I'll never tell. I looked to you as it fell and now you're in my way. I trained my soul for a wish, pennies and dimes for a kiss. I wasn't looking for this, but now you're in my go Jing. And that's just about all from me this week. Oh, make sure you tune in for next week. It will be part three of the public speaking mini course. And I'll be giving you my top tips for delivering your presentation with confidence, presence, and authority. So stay tuned for that. And that also means that the week after that will be part four of the mini course, and I'll be also launching my very first public speaking training program that week as well, which is really, really exciting. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 100 today. It's been a superb journey, and I look forward to the next 100 episodes. Oh my gosh. Keep on being awesome, and I'll talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.